When an area has a single goods or service provider, this is a monopoly. Monopolies have historically been harmful entities, for various reasons. That is why monopolies are not legally allowed in most sectors and markets of the U.S. economy. Monopolies are accepted as harmful because they generally drive companies to eventually harm their customers. These harms may come from the effects of runaway greed, inefficiency and waste, unchecked price hiking, and abuse of power. Furthermore, having control over a vital resource, such as energy, puts whatever entity that controls it in an unfairly powerful position. And this combined with the power of a monopoly makes it magnitudes worse. These unfair and unnecessary factors lead to the electric company's virtually unchecked economic, social, and political power that we see today in many municipalities. Abuse of power is when a powerful entity uses its economic, political, social, or other type of influence to manipulate, extort, force, or sway people, corporations, or governments to act in its favor. For example, Electric utilities may abuse their power when they financially support elected representatives or utility commission members in the expectation of favors. They may use their power to raise rates unwarrantedly, expand their reach, and grow their so-called needs with minimal justifications. Again, being in control of a necessity while exercising corporatism can be extremely harmful for large percentages of the population, especially those with low income as this large percentage is the one with the least resource and influence to be heard or considered. It is like a silent majority. So, why do most states, counties, and cities have monopoly electric companies? When you search for this answer, you're often pacified with a bunch of simplistic explanations like, the electric company is a classic example of a natural monopoly because of the large fixed costs required for utility-scale power generation and distribution but explanations like these should only satisfy the simple-minded. What about the gargantuan costs of the large telecommunications companies? How can they afford it and remain in business? Why are there apparently ample choices in that industry? What about the paid cable television industry? And so on. Those industries also had to build their existing massive infrastructure over time, and still they were encouraged, in some instances forced, to accept market competition. The argument that it takes too much money for a company with competitors to build and maintain a large infrastructure is bogus. The electric grid was in fact built over time and in incremental steps, and much of it was funded by taxpayers and customers. Just as were other essential infrastructure, be it the water and sewer system, shopping malls, sports stadiums, and telephone and cellular company infrastructures. The more demand your electric company has, the more infrastructure they are justified to build. I say justify and not required because it is not always a requirement to build more infrastructure. I'll explain this elsewhere. A healthy amount of competition is good for the private sector. For example, if a corporation is unfriendly to its customers, or unsafe, or unreliable, it is likely that the demand for its product will decrease. And perhaps if it keeps this up, it may go bankrupt and be forced to close. Thus allowing more efficient, safe, and friendly companies to take its customers. That is what is supposed to happen in a competitive market. However, this is utterly lacking in a monopoly, 
allowing for the waste, unsafe practices, and customer abuse to go on for long and rarely be corrected. There are few areas that claim to offer energy supplier choice under certain conditions. These are areas with deregulated utilities. In a deregulated state or area, electric utility companies are allowed to participate in the open market, buying and selling energy to customers depending on market prices that they buy to later sell. Wow! Even though this may appear as a choice, the company that owns the electrical infrastructure in your area still is in the game, big time, getting a cut of the energy sold, and their fees are then added to your energy plan. This must be true because the infrastructure cannot easily exchange owners. And, as everyone in a deregulated neighborhood may make different choices, the company that sells you the energy may change, but the source and delivery method must surely stay the same. There are 29 states that offer energy deregulation in all or some of their counties and cities. In my view, there is a problem with deregulation, although it is more preferable than a monopoly. In deregulated areas, allowing a bunch of private companies to buy and sell electricity on the very volatile market is problematic. Markets may swing wildly and can even crash, and if so, then what? Will you be automatically moved to your next best choice if your chosen electric company were to tank? Give me a break. I believe there are better options to monopolies or deregulated utilities such as government ownership of utilities or cellular phone company-like ownership of utilities. A monopoly, due to the influential power of its participants, is difficult to regulate. They may, as it has often occurred, use their power and influence to control the regulatory body that can keep it in check. In this case, the state's Public Utility Commission, a regulatory body that is supposed to manage and control the monopoly powers of utilities. I believe electricity service is arguably more necessary than other services, such as telephone or television services. So, it is expected to be a lot more reliable, safe, and accessible for citizens. Furthermore, I argue that electric service is a basic need and should be a right, because so much in our society now depends on it. From health and safety, to education and security and throwing such a basic need into the volatile investor-driven marketplace seems a bad idea. So, partly due to these, I believe deregulation is risky and the wrong approach. I believe decentralization of electricity production and public ownership to be better solutions to the current monopoly or deregulated market system. Decentralization of electricity production is simply allowing the generation of energy at the local or community level using conventional and alternative energy technologies. This is now accessible, safe, affordable, and relatively simple. For example, using solar energy technologies in homes, industrial plants, and commercial buildings. This is, and should continue to become, a rapidly growing industry for good reason. It produces the power right where it is used, diminishing the need for expensive infrastructure. It has been proven that with some regulation and enforcement, deployment of alternative power generation can be safe and interconnectable. For example, communities may choose solar farms, individual or farms of wind turbines, etc. But make no mistake, here, I advocate for fossil fuel-based utilities to be gradually and completely phased out. 
but in the meanwhile they can be owned and operated by the public, the government, and be provided as a basic service just like education or the postal service, and it should be provided as a public service funded through taxes. I will expound on these and other proposals throughout this book. Another major reason why your local electric company causes harm is because it is likely a for-profit, investor-driven, privately-owned corporation. Investor-owned utilities serve over 70% of all U.S. electric service customers. You see, truly investor-driven corporations are, primarily, looking to grow in size and finances. And corporations are rapidly looking to make profits and pay out financial gains to its investors first. All else is secondary. That means power generation, and you, the customer, come somewhere after profits. And since their monopoly positions them securely as the only option, the customer satisfaction is generally, and naturally, really low on their priorities. In effect, these factors all incentivize inefficient management and cruel non-caring customer practices. Investor-owned means private, profit-driven, and corporate. Three words associated with greed, the fantasy of perpetual economic growth, and opportunity for bullying, manipulation, and abuse. And disturbingly, these are the factors involved in what is supposed to be a simple straightforward task, the generation and delivery of electrical energy. So allow me to further expand on the concept of abuse, and why I believe it exists, and is likely that it will continue, in your relationship with the electric company. Abuse causes subservience, insecurity, anxiety, and dissatisfaction, hardship, and suffering. If some or all of these terms describe your relationship with your electric company, then you're likely a victim of its abuse. As described in an earlier section, abuse often occurs when there's an extreme imbalance of power in a relationship. The customer base, you and me, have a relationship with our service providers, including the electric company. And for abuse to be minimized we, as a collective group, should hold, more or less, equal power as our electric company. Such as the power to affect the decisions of the electric company, including decisions on energy rates. However, the power of the large majority has been eroded over the decades. Tell me, when was the last time you voted on an energy rate increase? You see, when large sums of profits are possible, these are often used to further expand the power of the profit maker, or to increase possibilities for even higher profits. The electric utility companies have used their, allowed, profits making powers to take consistent and incremental actions to gain ever more power over us the customers. They have consistently lobbied, paid, for laws to protect their status and their profit-making abilities. They get their rate increases approved, and so on. These and many other greed and power-related reasons are why your electricity bill is so high. Lastly, your electric company really wants you to use more energy, not less, as they often claim. Their product is energy, and the more they sell, the more profit they make. So, there is no real incentive for them to want you to be efficient. For example, you may have been made aware of campaigns that offer you to trade in your gas-operated water heater, and in exchange, they would freely install a shiny and new electric water heater. I've heard of these several times in my areas of living, on the radio and TV. The reason behind this is not charity or benevolence. It is so they can sell you more electricity. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 
please look for the next episode soon and please ensure to share this with your friends and family and please like this content and subscribe as a sign of support and for me to continue to provide this type of content to more people like you. Lastly, if you wish to support this content further, please visit the links provided in this publication. Thank you.